Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. This is going to be the specialist of special episodes. We are joined by one of the legends of the hashtag FPL USA community, a longtime FPL content creator, Josh Landon from the Always Cheating Podcast, as well as my co-host and brother-in-arms, Ryan Chin. Josh, welcome. Great to have you here. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Really, really appreciate it. It's like, yeah, I mean, FPL USA has really uh, is, is taken off. No, no thanks to us, really. I think that it's, uh, <laughs> I think you guys, you guys have helped a little bit. I think that um, the FPL Black Wolf, I think is a friend of you, both of you is, uh, That's uh, right. yeah, he's been, he's been tremendous in doing that. I mean, the power of a hashtag. I don't know if I really believed it until he really got that thing going. So anyway, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely thrilled to have you on. Josh, I think uh, we have a lot to learn from you and have some great questions to ask you. Obviously, you're part of the Always Cheating podcast, which is the premier podcast for FPL across the U.S. and obviously making the way up the charts globally as well. And you guys have been doing it for a number of years. So really being lead pioneers for the likes of Bucks and I to take our addiction to the next level and produce a little content for our friends and a few followers as well. So stoked for this episode, which will surely be one of our best ever. Calling it now. <laughs> I hope so. High, high expectations. You're shooting your shot. So before we get into the FPL game framework, Josh, let's take a minute. Let's get to meet you a little bit. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, who you are, who you support, and sure. then a little bit about your FPL journey. Yeah. So I am uh, yeah, Josh Landed. I live in Brooklyn, uh, from Michigan originally. I uh, have been podcasting for, I think this is our eighth season. I think this is the eighth year we've been doing the podcast. So we really, when we started out, it was really just us and a, a couple of other guys. Uh, the Fantasy Football Scout, this is the kind of the old version of it with uh, with Mark Southern. So he's obviously gone on to do lots of other stuff uh, since then. And uh, yeah, we just... Uh, yeah, so it was sort of like, now it feels like it's, 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 it's a, it's a marketplace, you know? And so I think we might be got a little lucky to, to get in early there, but you know, right. And I kind of took our lumps without anybody watching, which is always, um, <laughs> the way, the way you want to do it. If you can, the podcast itself, I would say is, is somewhat on the lighter side. That's, that's the approach that we tend to take on there. But, um, I would say that I, uh, I, I take FPL very seriously, sometimes too seriously, but, uh, having a good season so far, I'm at, I think 12.7 K hoping uh that i can get uh what would be i believe my fifth top 4k season so um i have i i last year i was around 30k the year before uh, before that i was at 37 i think so it used to be always, i i had all these like it was always like right in the top i was top 3k i did top 3k three times and then i finished just outside the top 3k a couple of years ago so i lost this like really cool like little status thing that i had for a while there but still uh you know I've had a lot of good seasons, but I, but I wouldn't consider myself, um, and especially I'm data friendly, but I wouldn't say that I am, um, data sort of devoted to data necessarily, right? Like I enjoy looking at it. I enjoy analysis, uh, I enjoy thinking things through, but I wouldn't say that I am heavily reliant on data, which I think sets me a little bit outside the mainstream at this point, given where we are with, with FPL. I feel like, um, most people are really just kind of looking at the numbers and, and, and I, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't want to insult anybody, but I just feel like there are a lot of people are just very, very devoted to data now. And so it's sort of, um, it's an interesting time, I think, because, um, I am still not convinced that that's actually like, 
the best way. Uh, to, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's a it's a great way to finish in the top 100k. I'm not sure it's a great way to actually like win your mini leagues or uh, finish in the top 10k. So anyway, we can talk about that later if you want. But that's that's me. Uh, I uh, I support Arsenal uh, and uh, all Michigan related sports. Uh, uh, although I did go to Michigan State, uh, but I'm a Detroit Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, Lions fan. So that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, you have some cool ties to both of us. Bucks also lives in Brooklyn in the Park Slope area. And then I grew up in Wisconsin, not too far away. So have those Midwest sensibilities <laughs> uh, tying us all together here. And actually, Bucks went to uh, University of Wisconsin. So he's, oh, uh, there you go. he's been yeah. in many battles with the Spartans over the years. And uh, <laughs> I know Bucks and I are huge uh, basketball fans. We both play every week and uh, just on a personal level. And this March Madness has been absolutely bonkers just to take Great, another right. side route like right. I yeah. can't believe the the overtime loss uh, for the Spartans. That I was at Madison Square Garden for that. It was, oh, it was crazy. It, yeah, that it was, was an all timer, even even though they lost. Like <laughs> it just was. to have the pride of your team, but like I I'm, I can only imagine how many drinks you consumed after that to yeah. really deal with that loss. Yeah. Well, it's it's like yeah, it's like the it's like fantasy. I mean, it's like I sort of uh, I was I told my friend that I was there with, and I said I, you know I was really really mad for about five minutes, and then I could appreciate. Just how, you know, if you enjoy sports, then you can, you know, you can appreciate or, or sport, as they say in the UK, you can appreciate something that's that's really, really just that, that's entertaining. Right. And that's just like, I really enjoyed myself. And so I, you can enjoy yourself while losing is one of those things that like, it takes you, my six-year-old does not understand this. This is a battle that I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to fight right now, but uh, yeah, so I'm a big, uh, I also feel like I have a little bit more of grace when it comes to college sports. Like these are kids, yes. like, you know, we've all been in college at one point in our lives and it was yep. very crazy time to have hundreds of thousands of people watching you play basketball is a very yeah. different vibe than the paid professionals where I feel a little bit more at liberty to swear at my TV or cuss somebody out yes. uh, for yes. missing their uh, their PK like yeah. Mitrovic has a couple of times this season when he's been <laughs> in my team. That's true. When they're when they're established millionaires, I feel like it's a little it's fine. We can yell. They're not going to hear us, you know, but I, I agree. <laughs> if they're 20, I feel kind of guilty about it, too. Yeah, the kid gloves come off uh, in the real sense of the word. And uh, yeah. Josh, you mentioned you're a true fanatic uh, in all sense of the words. It seems like uh, you know, you're know you hardcore about Michigan sports and Michigan State as an alum, and you're mm -hmm. very passionate about FPL. But I think what distinguishes you from Brian and I is that you're also elite at the FPL game. Uh, both <laughs> of us, we claim uh, one top Brian, your top 10K finish, I'm top 15K finish. We really do it for the love of the game and to deepen mm -hmm. our enjoyment and interaction with the Premier League and take it to the next level. Whereas I yeah. think uh, why we're so stoked to have you on this podcast is you're you're really an expert. You you not only are rooting for the team at the top of the table, but you're consistently on the top of the table for the FPL game, which has grown so massively. So it's even more of an accomplishment this year than it has been maybe in seasons past not to insult your previous finishes, but the way that you play the game is something that newbie podcasters, newbie FPL players, and as the game grows, a lot of people can learn from uh, not being so tied to the eye test or the data-driven aspect of the game. Yeah, I, I feel like I probably went a little too heavy at the start on this like anti-stats thing. I mean, I, I, I'm up, I'm, I, I'm up in FPL review, uh, you know, pulling data just like everybody else. Uh, but you know, I, I feel like it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I had, I had a friend uh, on our uh, Brandon, the person I did the podcast was on vacation right now, and I had a, a friend on the pod yesterday, and uh, he, it's like all of us who. Have, 
<laughs> who think that we're like eye test managers. And then you sort of talk to them a little more and they're like, well, of course I, you know, it's like I do all this day. I had this, <laughs> this friend on last night, he's uh, currently 700 in the world and uh, wow. which is far away the best season he's ever had. And, and he's like, I just sort of watch matches and pick the best player. And then as we were talking later on, he's like, well, I do do, you know, he's like, I do data analysis for the NBA. So it is, it is <laughs> it's like, right, of course. Like, yeah. It's easy to and, say. And Matoma's right XG is like 9.764. Yeah. And uh, exactly. he's definitely going to be my captain. <laughs> exactly. It's easy to do the eye test, but I think it does help to have an analytical brain as well. And so I think that, um, I mean, I think that when I... I, you know, I mean, who it's sometimes I think these things are kind of hard to, like you said, I think it was, it might have been a little easier to, to finish in the top, you know, 2K or 3K, whatever it was um, a few years ago. And I think it has gotten harder and harder. And uh, the democratization of data, right, has, has made things trickier. But, you know, I do think that, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I've been trying to like puzzle this out myself. I mean, I, the thing that I think I do well that I, it's like, it's like, if I had like one piece of advice for people, it would be, uh, well, I've got, I've got lots of pieces of advice, but this is, this is one that I'll give <laughs> uh, right now, which is um, I do tend to move more quickly on players than some other people do in the community. I, I think. And uh, that's just, I mean, that's my, my perspective at least. And I, I think maybe it's reflected in my, and my results sometimes, uh, which is that it's just, you know, someone like, I mean, one example is just going with Holland in game week one, right? Uh, you know, the sort of the bandwagon kicked off, uh, and a lot of people had him. I don't want to pretend like I was the only one who did, but uh, his ownership was not universal or anything close to it uh, going into game week one. And a lot of people, lots, like, of, oh, lots of big question marks coming exactly, into the lots, season. Exactly. Lots of big question marks. And, um, but, you know, I just sort of watched him all preseason and seen him play at Dortmund. And so it really was based more for me on, I mean, at that point, like I, I, you know, it's sort of, it's coming from another league. I mean, how much do you want to trust Bundesliga data? And so it was like, I'm just going to trust what I'm seeing with him in the preseason. Right. And he looked great in the, in the community, um, community shield, whatever they call it now. I think they still call it the community shield, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, you know, I think it's, but you know, all throughout the season, I feel like that's, that, that's the, like the little edge that I'm constantly shooting for. Can I move one week faster? And, um, or can I maybe captain someone that people are a little anxious about captaining at the, you know, at, for, you know, at the moment. So, you know, I think that's, that's like, that's like the simplest thing to think about. I think when you're trying to make some moves, move up your ranks. I mean, especially this season where we've had Holland captain so often now yeah. we're seeing a lot more deviation. It's great to see Rashford obviously informed since the world cup, wild card period and now it's given us a lot more variety and yeah. those who went for Saka last week instead of okay. Kane for example those were the two main ones that's a huge swing so hopefully so we'll be able to nail a few more of those <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. I, both Bucks and I uh just to recap our scores quickly last week you know I had 55 points and I had Kane captain so you know a solid week I got another green arrow I'm sitting at 313k so very much uh playing it one game week at a time but uh, looking forward to my two free transfers and about seven mil in the bank for this upcoming massive oh, wow. double. Yeah. Um, so lots of lots of potential moves I can go. I can go Martinelli all the way up to Salah if I want. So I'm um, looking forward to discussing getting some of your insights. Um, Bucks, how did you do this past game week? Yeah, not as great. I ended up on 47, uh, another red arrow. Uh, I think notably both Brian and I were wild card in 26. And I know you wildcarded in 27. So that's yeah. the major deviation in our strategy. I had a great start to the season. Uh, unfortunately, I hit my wildcard chip in the labor and delivery room. Uh, I was getting anxious. <laughs> oh there was God. nothing for me to do. And it was late at night. And I kind of just went for it out of FOMO. And yep. I've been uh, catching red arrows and daggers kind of since that moment. So <laughs> I'm trying to get back on track. I'm 
willing yeah. to take hits to kind of right size my team as i said at 484k overall not great for the uh for the aggregators to get more listeners based on our current uh rankings but we're having fun <laughs> yeah. and i think do people do people care about that i yeah. feel like i just want to enjoy what i'm listening to i i don't really care about overall rank i mean i i feel like there well anyway i, I know you were just making a self-facing comment but i i feel like that is like the last thing i would look for when i'm when i want to listen to an fpl podcast it's like how how while they're doing this season. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm like negging myself now, but like, <laughs> <laughs> well, sh- well, shouting out, shouting out your podcast and also the FML FPL guys. Uh, sure. I was one of the bold March captainers. So I think my story Sweet. post restart or post wildcard could be very different had uh, FPL decided not to uh, stick the knife and twist it in. But yeah. Uh, yeah, here I sit. I'm the bottom of the barrel on our podcast normally. And I'm even further down the totem pole with uh, such a legend involved like you, Josh. Thanks. <laughs> how'd you uh, how'd you fare in uh, game week twenty eight? I I did okay. Uh, I don't know. I I've, I've been trying to avoid thinking about my I I, I you know. So basically, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I I just talked about moving early and what a great how effective I think that that tends to be. Uh, and I and I sort of did the opposite uh, when it came to game week twenty six and twenty seven. I I, sh- I sort of I just couldn't quite get there with the game week twenty six wild card and um. Uh, you know, it was I, I can't tell if part of me was reacting. Sometimes I feel like I get a little reactive when I when I see everybody in on our uh, Discord or um, on Twitter or whatever talking about a certain move. I it, part of me was like, I just don't want to do it because everyone else is doing it, and it's sort of I, I try to get out of that framework. But sometimes I I slip, and I, I feel like, and so I, I waited a week too long, and I, I wildcarded in twenty seven, and I actually feel like I kind of hurt myself because. I come up with this elaborate strategy where I was going to wildcard in 27, free hit in 28, and then bench boost in 29. And the wildcard hasn't really worked out great. And the bench boost that did, or I mean, the free hit didn't really go that well either. So I'm sort of banking on this final chip uh, to come through for me. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I need Holland to be healthy because otherwise the whole house of cards starts to starts to fall for me a little bit. Uh, but I'm, um, you know, 52 points. Like I said before, I think I'm at 12.7K. So um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just a, like an inveterate complainer. I, I can't help it. Uh, even when things are going well, <laughs> just like, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's funny. I feel like the uh, English are better at this. They'll always kind of put up, you know a bright note in it but i feel like as an american i'm just like it's never good enough it's, it's never yeah that's, that's, right. that's the like, gray skies and gloomy weather and i think that's a great transition yeah. josh because we wanted to ask kind of when did you realize that you were a full-on fpl addict i mean when did you embrace the addiction that is uh this fpl game that we love well it was uh i, I it was before the podcast uh got started it was uh well I, you know i really fell in love with the premier league after the 2010 world cup the two, that was really my my gateway drug i said before that i, I was an all sports sports fan and I, I you know i had a working knowledge of of soccer slash football but uh it wasn't really until then that i, I really just got like kind of all in on it and uh it was the so the 2010 11 season was the season i was really just fully all in. Uh, that was uh, Man United won the title that year, and uh, but City came close. And it's just an, it, it was a, entertaining. Like it was kind of the start. Aguero and Silva both joined that year. It was just the, you know, it was the start of a really cool time in the Premier League. And I I got sucked in. And uh, uh, Brandon, who I mentioned before, Brandon Kelly, who I do the podcast with, started a fantasy league. And the idea was just that basically, like like anyone who does NFL fantasy or anything else, that if you uh, are in a fantasy league. It's a great way to learn the names of every single player, right? Like we all know, 
we all know the backup goalkeepers and all these clubs, right? You, you would never know that if it wasn't for fantasy. And it's sort of fun if you, if you, if you have that kind of brain to be like, I want, I want it all, you know, I want to like, I want to consume all, all this knowledge. So, <laughs> you know, so um, anyway, so this is back, you know, it was before I had kids, uh, before I was married and uh, my friend and I would, Brent and I would get together uh, with our wives and we used to play uh, Euchre together. Do you guys know Euchre? It's kind of a Midwest oh, game. I'm yeah. a massive Euchre fan. Are you? It's okay. always, it's always a, it's a struggle though, because you have to have another couple or yeah, that know exactly. how to play, right? Explaining exactly. people how to play euchre is can be a, quite the roller coaster. It's like three times, like three different hangouts. You know, you might you yep. only get the hang of it, <laughs> even though it's a simple game. But anyway, uh, so we would get together, we play euchre, and uh, and then afterwards, you know, because we were all we were all in our twenties, we we drink and and Brandon and I would just end up in the corner talking about our fantasy teams, and we would just talk about it for like a half. Like we just go on and on and on and talk about it. it was, we had so much fun talking about our fantasy teams and, you know, we'd often hang out on a Friday night. And so the matches were the next morning and we'd talk about strategy and, um, and then we just, both of us kind of have that like kind of brain where we're like, you know, it'd be fun to turn this, like, we're like, you know, like, like all New Yorkers, you know, it's like, we have that kind of quality, like let's, let's turn this into something. And so um, that's, that was really the birth of the podcast. I mean, it was just, it just seemed like fun to get together and talk about it. And um you know, probably not so dissimilar to you guys, right? It's just sort of fun to to do it. And then if you broadcast it, you feel like, hey, like I'm kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it feels even more fun somehow. It's like I'm getting this out into the world. And maybe some people will kind of enjoy the journey as, as much as I do. And so that's that was really the kind of the genesis of it. And I'm sure there were a lot of early drunken transfers on those Friday nights with Brandon, you know, yeah. trying to decide before the deadline in the morning, like <laughs> Ooh, we've had a couple extra glasses <laughs> yep. of whiskey or whatever. Yep. And uh, now it's so. a little bit more probably challenging for you when you make, you know, one of those oh, bad yeah. transfers because you do, you know, as a content creator, you are putting your team sheet out there each week. You know, you're yeah. obviously trying to mute a lot of the extra, you know, echo chamber of all FPL Twitter and et cetera. But yeah, At the same um, time, you're very prideful in your overall rank and just where your thought process is and sharing yeah. that with the community who all have something to say about it can definitely bring some highs and lows, I'm sure. Oh, very much so. Uh, I have a, a real uh, a high, like my, my relationship with, with Twitter in particular has is kind of all over the place over the last year. Um, you know, the Musk stuff hasn't hasn't helped, I guess. But, you know, it's sort of a. Uh, yeah, I feel Wolf. like, uh, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now, well, yeah, I mean, geez, like, a, <laughs> well, you know, I, running a poll on there now, I get like a sixth as many, res- I just, I actually just saw that you need, you're going to need to be verified to vote in polls uh, soon. So this is really, it's we're in a brave new, brave new world there, but you're, yeah. you're going to be taking some of those uh, dollars from Patreon and getting that blue check, apparently, because that's <laughs> going to be a necessity. I did blue check and I feel so gross about it, but you know, it's, I don't know, I might get rid of it. I might hide it. That's the, that's the new thing. You could hide your blue check. Uh, but I, um, yeah, nowadays when I make my transfers, it's, it's usually on Friday night, if, unless there's a Friday match and it's, uh, my kid is in bed, my wife is in bed and I am sitting there still drinking off uh, sometimes now I'm so, often, I just drink a glass of water. Now that's how, that's like what an adult I am. I'll just sit there with a glass of water and, a, yeah, and an easy chair. Fizzy water. You yeah, put some fizz yeah, in fizz, there. So uh, yeah, you feel, little, feel exactly. dangerous. Use the soda stream. Exactly. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, just sitting there for a couple of hours and thinking things through, but usually by that point, uh, I, I think my, like my thought process is a little different than it used to be. I mean, I very rarely would a Friday night come along where I really haven't have no plan. You know, I sort of, I start to kick around a plan on Sunday 
you know, I do two, two pods with Brandon uh, as well. We do one for our Patreon folks on Thursday too. So I, you know, I've already kind of talked about FPL for about three hours that week. And then, and then I'm sort of kicking it around in the subway or I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And I sort of, uh, but I actually try to block it out a, a lot. You know, it's sort of that, I think you guys remember that I, the Don Draper um, line from Mad Men where it's like early on and, and Peggy's asking him like how he comes up with an idea or, you know, he's, he gives her some product and he says, you know, come up with an idea by, by Monday. It's like, well, how do I do it? And he's like, just think about something, think about it very, very deeply and then forget about it and then come back to it a couple of days later in an ideal pop-up. <laughs> and this is sort of like what I like. I like to think about it a lot and then, and then just really almost not think about FPL for a couple of days and then kind of come back to it and see if that idea still feels right to me. I'm not even sure if that's like the best way to do it, but that's, that seems to work for me. And that's kind of my, my process now. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a lot of us, you know, we all have our own methodology to come to our decision making and you have to live with it one way or the other. Right. So it's uh, I think the instant impact in that kind of for me, I I love a little bit of a a cheeky punt here and there. So Mm -hmm. the the gambler's side of me loves to back myself and what I'm seeing on the pitch, some of the you know advanced stats. Also, yep. like the the planning angle, obviously, we have the likes of Ben Krellin and Lego Mane and all these other guys in the FPL community that help us yep. really inform ourselves on the decisions that we make in the game week ahead of us and then yeah. how that'll hopefully affect us moving forward. So I just want to throw in and circle back to something you just said, Josh, because I find that this season uh, I'm lesser of a veteran than the two of you. This is my third FPL season, but I do find that in seasons past, it was easier and you were rewarded more for planning. Whereas I feel like this season and you were referencing your wild card free hit and now bench boost plan that you have uh, all set yeah. up for the couple weeks. I feel like this season, sometimes planning has actually been punished more than in seasons past. So I, I just <laughs> I, wanted to throw yeah. that in there, a little interesting anecdote. And I, I think you're, you're kind of, uh, Eat, eat the frog and then move on uh, perspective about FPL is very healthy. I know I'm often up late doing some tinker moves or uh, ill-advised yeah. hit taking. And then, uh, you know, if Chelsea lose and then I'm getting a red arrow, sometimes that could sour uh, a couple hours of a weekend, which is not the way to live. Uh, I mean, it can still easily ruin a weekend for me uh, easily. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think uh, it, planning still work. I think it's just that when it doesn't work, it sticks with you. You know, and then when and when it does and everything goes according to plan, you just forget that you ever planned it all. You just it's retroactive. Of course, always, it worked. Of course, yeah, it worked. Yeah, I spent exactly. so many hours uh, researching this move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for you, just curious, you and Brandon have done such a great job on the podcast. Is there anybody in the FPL community that you have not had yet on the pod or been in contact with, like? i.e. like somebody like Magnus Carlsen, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, this, this world chess champion. Uh, yeah. Is there anybody like that that you've, you know, are looking forward to hopefully in the next uh, season or two of connecting with? Well, I mean, our white whale would probably be Fabio Borges. He's this really famous, uh, nice. famous player. He's got a great name. I mean, you know, so we, we kind of knew about him for years because <laughs> he, he was, you know, we used to read off I and mean, we still do it, but you know, it's, it's so funky right now with all these double game weeks and stuff. And we used to read out the top 10 in our, what we call our, the always cheating super league. And you know, it's a very large league. I mean, we have like you know, more than 25,000 managers in there. And for years and years, he was like, just consistently in the top 10. I'm like, how is the same guy? It's a very unique name, right? It's not like John Smith or something like that. It's like, how, how is this guy Fabio Borges like constantly cracking the top 10 of this league? Uh, and so we sent him a message years ago and 
invite him on the pod. And he didn't, he didn't uh, actually, I think we just were like, what's your, what's your story? What's your process? And he didn't want to come on the pod, but he did send us like a couple, like a little, like a, like a little email basically. And so that's, I have my email from Fabia Borges. That's, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to take that, but yeah, I mean, Magnus would be great. I think, uh, you know, the players, I, I, there are some players who we know play, right. It's uh, and some of them, have, I, th- I think have gone on some other podcasts. So I feel like if we had a player on that, I'd almost want someone who I just like would like vibe with, you know, like a, Leighton Baines, retired uh, fullback from Everton. I'd love to have him on. <laughs> and uh, uh, But, you know, I, I think uh, we had someone from the production side of NBCN once before, this guy Pierre Musa, coordinated producer of NBC's Premier League coverage. And that was that was really cool. And so having someone like Rebecca Lowe on or somebody who, you know, uh, has like, I don't know, I think that'd be fun. It'd be kind of fun to, you know, you have like uh, Roger Bennett. That'd be kind of fun just to have him yeah. on and started trying to get the men and blazers people to embrace FPL wholeheartedly. They've never really done it. You know, I think they had some like side, they were doing like Taga a couple of years ago. So, you know, but you know, getting them to go kind of go all in an FPL would be pretty fun. I think. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about somebody like Ben Foster, who has been known to yes. play and jump into random like FPL chats over the years, but he's no longer retired. He's, uh, he's Rexham. Rexham now, right? Oh, I, I love <laughs> Might it. Be a little bit harder to get him on for the next yeah. uh, couple of months. <laughs> yeah. I wondered about the, like the poor starting keeper there. who's was like, okay. It's so like Ben Foster just joined. <laughs> yeah. 40 year old uh, taking yeah. my spot. Yeah. But of course, how could you not? Yeah. You know, things are bleak when the, uh, the podcaster is coming in and uh, taking starting, starting minutes from you. It's uh, not a good signal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but he's been fine. I mean, he's a legend in in his own in his own way, right? And he's sort of you know West Brom and Watford. I don't know. I could probably we could sit down and come up with like his nine clubs if we really you know wanted to. But <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. A few more fun questions here for you. So thinking about you know if there was ever an FPL movie, what actor would play the role of Joshua Landon? <laughs> uh that's a great question. I, I don't I know, know. I know you, you and Brandon are big, you know, movie guys. I love, I love yeah. that about the pod. And I think that's also why a lot of people, yeah. you know, support you guys. You bring in some great, like Mad Men reference, reference earlier. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, have well, some good banter there. Yeah. Well, I will flatter myself and, and I'll say Paul Rudd, that would be my, my dream. Uh, the dream uh, great chat. So uh, that's, I, I will, I will flatter myself and say that, but, uh, and then Brandon, I mean, there's, there's so many options, you know, lots of uh, ball. I, I just saw John wick for over the weekend. I saw lots of uh, lots of bald guys with big beards. They all look kind of like ex UFC <laughs> dudes. And uh, I feel like Brandon, He's not actually fit, but he has the bald guy, big beard look. So he's <laughs> <laughs> one of those guys, baby. I, I can't wait for him to hopefully tune into this, you know, one oh, minute yeah. spot I, here. To, oh, I uh, hope so. Yeah, I should be peppering this with more insults. Uh, Josh, sure you should, I thought you were going to go someone like Tyson Fury. I was going to, I thought we were going to oh, yeah, have a real howler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man versus the uh, heavyweight champ of the world. And that would be yeah. the dynamic, always cheating duo. God, I wish I, you, that, that's let's get Tyson in the pot. You know, let, let, let's convert some people. Maybe he already <laughs> plays. Who knows? <laughs> All right. With that, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get Josh deep in the mud about double game week 29, which is going to be notably the most significant, the most massive double game week of this FPL season. Let's go. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. 
It's brass tacks time here on the FPL Blues podcast. We have Josh Landon from Always Cheating. We're going to dive into double game week 29. And I think we should first start out. Am I clear that all three of us are going to be on bench boost this game week? Absolutely. Uh, Yep. All right. Love to hear that. Um, And I think notably, we should just talk about this double because there are so many teams that play twice. I think that's why... All of us, the legendary manager and the two wannabes are both on bench boost. We are trying to put all the doublers in our team, if possible, to get and pick a massive score. And there are 12 teams that play twice. Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Leeds, Leicester, Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, and West Ham. Ah, I need a deep exhale after that. There's so many teams <laughs> yeah, to go that's, through. Uh, that's a great section of we call Bucks reads the fixtures out to the audience. <laughs> but this one is huge for us. And I think especially having tuned into a few of your recent podcasts, you know, we're really banking on this bench boost for double game week 29, especially for those who took a different route. They went against the meta and maybe bench boost in 27 and all of their arsenal assets delivered. And now I think we're going to be in a similar position for those managers who are bench boosting this weekend for yeah. Arsenal to do the business versus leads, clean sheets on the table, double digits for all the midfielders are on the table. So we're really counting on them, I believe, as well to balance out our transfers. So, you know, out of these teams, I think Harry Kane, Saka, those are going to be very popular assets that are in your and bench Holland. boost squad. And Holland, that's right, who, again, you know, the international break is like such a shit show, right? You have these players like Kai Havertz is flagged right now in the app. I opened it up. I'm like, what? What is this about? It's like, oh, he he went went home with the sniffles, didn't play for Germany. But yeah, Yeah. we're seeing a lot of that. Like Rashford, obviously, flagged still. He's one of the league captaincy options, but he was seen frolicking about all over New York, you know, having Mm -hmm. a good time. So you would think if his injury is much more serious, he wouldn't be... uh, riding around uh cruising the streets of new york so i think uh yeah exactly so hopefully he didn't fall down the stairs of his luxury hotel and he'll be just fine for the weekend coming up (laughs) i mean yeah i think looking at this i I, you know i feel like um it's really Saka. i don't even have Saka, which is like a real uh like i i I well, I had him. You know, I had him last week. Uh, so I had him on my free hit. So that my my thought was like I only had to fade him for you know two weeks. One was Fulham away, and Fulham has been pretty strong at home. But so that did not work. So I'm over one, and uh, now very unlikely to have him for for game week 29 either. And you know, anyone who's been following England knows that he's been just blowing up for England. He's been incredible, and so uh, you know they play Leeds at home on Saturday, and so I'm hoping that. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping Leeds put together some dynamite performance, honestly. <laughs> it's them. I do have Gabriel, uh, Gabriel, uh, the Brazilian Gabriel in my squad. So I, I'm, I'm there's, slightly. There's a tough. couple of those though. There's a couple of those. Which yeah. One? I, defender, the defender, Josh, right? I, I'm that's also, true. Defender. I'm... Actually, yeah, there's Martinelli. three of them. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. There is a G- G- Gabby, Gabby J. Uh, but there is, um, uh, the Gabriel, I, I, I struggle with his last names. Mar, Margalis, something like Mar- that. Marcanalis or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's not Julian. Brazilian Margulis. names are tough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. Exactly. So now we don't Martinelli. learn that here in the yeah. states. We don't learn much Portuguese. Maybe a little Spanish, yeah. but Portuguese 
not yeah. so much a, a bright spot for us here in America. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I have one and then I, you know, certainly will plan to have uh, more in the, the weeks to follow, but I'm on a, a one week fade right now. So I'm hoping that I, that I survive it. I, I have a pretty strong team. Otherwise, I mean, I have 13 doublers plus uh, Gabriel plus Gabriel and, uh, and in Holland, who I hope is healthy. I think, I think he will be because they play Liverpool at home, but let's, let's see. All right, Josh, thank you for sharing your team and your plans. Uh, just one more thing on the Arsenal lads. Uh, Gabriel, is he staying or is he have plans to get shipped right quick out of your team for a doubler uh, going into yeah. this massive? I plan to keep him. Uh, I think, you know, our, I'm not sure that I see a defender who plays twice. who I like more than, than him at home. Um, he obviously can, He's, he's no to score a header or two. Yeah, they often they haven't get disallowed, but he is he, he does have a a great knack for scoring headers. So uh, oh man, did did you yeah, get his recent uh, fourteen or fifteen pointer, or was he on your bench? Because I know Bucks stuck, had him and he was stuffed on his bench, stuck on my bench too. Ugh, uh, painful. That was the worst. I've been <laughs> just I've been points into the him. ether. Terrible. I was I was I was so excited. I was like, listen. Ben White is doing the business, but this Gabby, Gabby Magalalis, uh, he's going to do the business <laughs> for my team one week or another. And he's sitting yeah. there staring me in the face in the second bench hole behind Sven Botman. Uh, that was a disaster of a game week. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, we've put here. a lot of trust in uh, a guy named Sven, uh, Sven. So hopefully uh, he'll be delivering for a lot of managers coming up here. So let's talk about a little bit more of the double game week 29 and just in general, some of the teams that we think are going to do the best. I think that's where you should really be focusing your transfers on and getting one of the two players that are most common throughout the FPL meta. And sometimes this is a, like a good thing for Twitter, right? Just seeing who like some of the top candidates for transfers sure. in are going to be um, just to get a sense of, you know, who are the guys you don't want to fade in a game week because they could really crush you. So yep. I think um, for me personally, I'm really trying to evaluate the likes of Liverpool versus Manchester United assets. And now that we have the announcement that we're going to have a lot more double game weeks coming up. And you know, again, this is a, a key to planning for the future. We're looking ahead and we see the likes of Manchester United. They have three more double game weeks to come. And so those assets, if you hit them in this weekend, for example, they do have multiple opportunities to repay you in a big way if you hold them through these periods of the fixture schedule. So uh, just curious for you, any teams that jumped off straight away that you wanted to prioritize? Yeah, Man United, I mean, you, you said it. I think uh, the the real problem there is Casemiro's absence uh, and whether that impacts Bruno, impacts the defenders. Uh, and then obviously if the defenders are more under siege, that even makes Rashford less appealing in some ways. And so, yeah. uh, but uh, it's probably overstated to a degree. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. about this, Josh, like, obviously we've seen Bruno be a top FPL asset in the past yeah. where Casemiro yeah. was in a different country. Right. Yeah. So like there yeah. are ways that he can definitely deliver points. And I think yeah. the, the guys that are, McFred, et cetera, like yeah, they're, they're exactly. fine. Obviously they're not on the same level as Casemiro, but I think there is a world where he can still deliver and therefore yeah. it is tempting from an FPL perspective. Obviously Casemiro has been like a godsend, you know, when I definitely raised my eyebrows when they signed him for 55, 60 million, I'm like, this guy is like a little bit in the twilight of his career. And he's yeah. been just pure class other than these crazy red cards he's been picking up, but they have gone years 
you know, in the past without somebody of his caliber and they've still delivered a lot of FPL points. So I think it's like a, could be a little bit overstated, but will definitely affect how far he drops back deep. And yep. even like on these corners or on these free kicks, like Casemiro has come up with a ton of goal involvements this year. Yeah, and so yeah. he's actually like quite good in the air as are yeah. a lot of the Brazilians. And um, I think that could, you know, also in a way affects his potential uh, ceiling yeah. in, in terms of those free kick opportunities. It's true. This could have been Sean Bruno assists on those uh, on those on those corner kicks. So uh, I think I think so I think it's um Man United are the obvious team, I think, in some ways. I mean, I think I mean it's interesting talking to you guys about this because Chelsea is a team that I I have no players for. Um I, I did when I free hit last week, but uh which didn't work out at all. Uh and uh tell <laughs> yeah. us about it. That was uh that was pain that was a yeah. painful watch in uh in twenty eight. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean sp- I did, speak for yourselves. Yeah. I, I brought in Kai for Holland. So I, I was did feeling you? very okay. very smug with my yeah. E pointer instead of yeah. uh Ollie Watkins. So I'm hoping that he will get over his sniffles. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're they're in quite a state of flux. I know Bucks last week actually hit in Chilwell, hoping for that return against Everton and they looked abysmal to lose that uh three point pushing there yeah and that was super frustrating because Chilwell actually had the highest xg in the match so for him to come away with a total blank let alone just a one pointer that was a a kick in the gut one quick thing on united and i just want to ask you both uh, about your perspective here are you at all scared off i mean newcastle and brentford from an advanced stats perspective are not the easiest two defenses to go against and playing you know maybe a half man short in the middle was that scare you off maybe a Bruno and now Rashford being flagged? Does that push you off maybe captaining one of those guys? Well, it's, it gives me pause. Um, okay. But as long as, as long as Rashford's back in training, I I still plan to captain him. Um, I think that it's, uh, I, I do think that he's the best pick. I think you could make an argument for someone like Matoma. Uh, I think, and the thing is, it, it's not a game week where you have just one really obvious team that plays twice right uh, yeah they they want to target with the captaincy uh, Br- Br- uh, you know brighton is probably the best with brentford at home and, and bournemouth away and and obviously you know captaining one of the one of the brighton midfielders worked out great in in game week 27 so yeah i think that it could uh that that could come through again it's just it's hard for me to look at even someone like Salah Way, I feel like is 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 an option that i would consider uh just with liverpool like, but liverpool yeah. play man city and chelsea and so it's sort of do you do you really want to go against absolute molten fire form Marcus Rashford for Salah with a a Liverpool squad that have been really mixed results, especially on the road? Um, and yeah, I don't know. I have. Salah I mean, it's right it's now. a it's it's a small teaser for me. I'm I'm considering bringing Salah in this week and casting him as yeah. well. I think he's he's a big game player. It could be the moment where it's a good differential. I'm going to own all these other captaincy shouts. So yep. that's that's what I'm really excited about this game week. In addition to the bench boost is just that we're going to see such variety in the captains yep. that come in for different players. And it just seems like it might be the, a good opportunity to take a punt instead of um, going with where your traditional gut would be. And there's also something about, you know, you mentioned the Brighton lads. Like, it's hard to pick which of those three guys are going to bang. It's a little bit yeah. like... Arsenal light where you don't know if Saka Martinelli or Odegaard are going to come in with those the hall that week so it's kind of hard to pick between those three because they've kind of been um, alternating in in point scores point scoring game weeks but I think the the likes of Salah is just we have so many good freaking times with him as our captain and we there's just something about it being on pens maybe 
he'll actually make this next one. But uh, anyway, so that was just a little tangent on, on where I'm at, but somebody that I'm definitely eyeing because it's also harder for other managers that are in your kind of rank level to get to him. So he is in fact, like more of a differential this week compared to, you know, the start of the season, et cetera. So that's also a little bit appealing uh, given his price point. Yeah. I like that as well. I mean, I, I have my, I have in my squad too, and I was sort of looking ahead uh, at the the fixtures for Liverpool and um, I'm looking and looking right now actually here in your running order. And I, I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, I guess I, I may just have Salah for the rest of the season, or at least the, you know, it's like, you sort of bring him in. You're like, yeah, he's a little differential. And then I'm like, when would I drop him? I guess maybe game week 37 is when I would really consider it. So I guess I've just got Salah until like the middle of May. And that's just, uh, that's just how it's going to go. And it's just sort of funny how these, these like little puns and then sort of because of fixtures and other problems you've got to fix, you just sort of, you're just, you know, with them for a long time. I think it also helps that they're out of Champions League, right? Like they got their asses kicked. They got brushed aside by a classy Real Madrid team. And now they only have to focus on getting into the top four. And so that can really have some good ripple effects into their lineup, into just the health of the squad. I feel like they've been having a few injuries here and there throughout the season. That's actually like cost them in a big way. And so I'm just curious to see how they finish. Cause I think a lot of pundits still think that they have a great chance at top four. And if they're going to do that, they need to produce in these two away matches. And Salah is just one of those big game players. I mean, he, he scored many goals against the likes of Manchester city and Chelsea's up and down. So just, just something to, uh, to noodle on. Yep. Sure. Josh, one quick question. You mentioned Salah, and I know earlier you referenced you have Holland in your team. Uh, are you fading Kane for the rest of the season? I know that's one of the big storylines of this international break is the upheaval yeah. at Spurs in the manager's box. Conte's out. They're going with a caretaker guy uh, no one knows about. And it seems like they're getting rebuffed left, right, and center by uh, kind of the top candidates out in global football. So yeah. are you on Kane or are you going to be settled on Salah and Holland as your kind of big boys in the squad? I, you know, I, it's again, I'm not sure I got everything right when I wildcarded a couple of weeks ago, but at the mm -hmm. moment I, <laughs> I, I, I got, cause I got Kane early. I got, I got Kane uh, game week seven, I think. And he was a, you know, I, and I had this kind of the twin towers up front with, with Kane and, and Holland. It was, it was great. It was honestly probably the, the, the biggest reason for, um, for some early rank jumps for me. And uh, yeah. And then I dropped him, you know, with some kind of galaxy brained thinking, but looking, you know, I, I think, I feel like my bed might be made here. I mean, I'm not going to bring him in for 29, you know, they he, have no doubles. They have no doubles yeah, the rest of the season. So exactly. it's easy to uh, have the wandering eye and look at some of those other double game week strikers who yeah. are going to be playing in multiple fixtures. And we haven't often captain Kane and yeah. he's obviously been trickling along like, He's on 182 points. He's going to end up with 230 points season. this season, yeah, yeah. like at least, right? Which is more, a phenomenal more, yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, this opportunity costs to maybe fade him and, and try and play the doubles, especially yeah. if you're going to bring in somebody who's a heavy hitter for captaincy. It's yeah. just uh, an interesting time. And it, I think the biggest thing too, is like when you watch as many matches as we do, the game script for Spurs to score goals is just so up and down Unless yeah. he gets a header or a pen, and he's gotten many of those this season, it's just the open play is so shitty from them. Um, and they miss Benton Kerr in the middle, and the wingbacks have been a little bit underwhelming. Obviously, yeah. you have now the change where 
it's like, do they get a new man, like a caretaker manager bounce, or are they just kind of going to be the same club that they've been for all season? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they do. It's crazy. I mean, they're still in fourth place. They get a shit ton of scrutiny, especially compared to it's other teams. Like, you know, like Chelsea yeah. spends 500 million, so they deserve that scrutiny. You know, they, they're yeah. dropping stacks yeah. left, right and center, but yeah, you know, uh, the Spurs team, they haven't made a ton of moves over the last couple seasons. And so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how, yeah. how many people really pile on them. Um, and when their London counterparts are, are doing quite well at the top of the table. I, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about, uh, about Spurs at the moment, honestly. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I, I would, I, I would imagine that they come out playing really strong in that game week 29 fixture. I think that it's, uh, um, you know, I, I, they're just going to be, uh, you know, all these stories have been coming out the last couple of days, but just how hard Conte worked the squad. Right. And so it's just the classic, like hard driving manager gets replaced by somebody gentler and everybody is just a little happier and it, it doesn't really, it doesn't tend to last very long, but I, you know, I, I could see them certainly going off in that Everton match now. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say. I think sun sun's not anyone I'm going to consider the rest of the season, especially now with any doubles. Um, and the, the defense is just kind of, I, I'd say the defense is even more Spursy than anything else, but I, you're right. They do get a lot of scrutiny. I mean, they're, they're kind of like Arsenal were during the end of the Wenger era where it was just, they were finishing fourth every year and everybody was just talking about how terrible that was. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, years later we would have killed for that. Look, as Chelsea yeah. <laughs> supporters, we would kill for fourth this season. That's, that's, that's for sure. Right. Bucks. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're all focused on the champions league over here. Let's, let's transition. I know Josh, you mentioned you have, Bruno, Sala, and Holland. So there have to be some players in your team that are a little differential. We have a list of a number of players. I think Bruno qualifies. He's uh, owned by less than 10% of the FPL game at the moment. I'm currently on Madison and March. Are there any players that are on your radar for a transfer move or that are already settled in your team that are kind of yours alone that are that are going to be getting yeah. you points this game week and maybe uh the rest of the community is going to be uh staring with a wanting eye just to add on to that bucks like i've kind of felt that this season has been very interesting because we've had so many cheap assets deliver points that it's like kind of easy to po- point where like the differential for the next four weeks would be and then they obviously gain a ton of momentum in the community and some any of the Brighton mids, obviously, like are yeah, they're just so easy to a- obtain. So it's been an interesting season from a price point perspective to be able to get all these cheap guys who are delivering points um, from yeah. the top squads. And Arsenal has been a huge crux of that because we've all been able to get the top point scoring midfielders into our side for less than eight million. So uh, yeah. Brighton's kind of that light version, but yeah, just curious if there's anybody else who's you know caught your eye over the last couple of weeks that we should consider. Yeah, exactly. Let's enjoy it now because Saka is going to be like 11 million next year. And oh uh, yeah, I was saying know. that on a previous podcast. <laughs> 10, 10, 10, 10, five, 11, yeah. 10, five, easy, 10, five. right? Yeah, exactly. even someone like McAllister is probably going to be seven five. So, um, yeah, I have, um, I I do have Bruno who you mentioned, um, and uh, I have uh, I do have Solanke as well. It's not that I'm the biggest believer in Solanke, but he has decent fixtures. He plays in game week 32, which was important for my strategy. And um, great, great bench boost guy. Great bench boost guy. Exactly. Great bench boost guy. Uh, eventually he has to score more. I, I, you know, it feels like it's, it's, he's, he's all over the box. It's just, it's crazy. That he hasn't, you know, produced well, his, more. his, uh, his counterparts, uh, billing the six foot five lanky billing has been yeah. coming in for all the goals, uh, where he's exactly. getting some of those, those assists, but it's ending up on a lot of like random five point hauls for yeah. Slanky this season. 
share share some with 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 Big Dom. And uh, yeah, I think <laughs> the other one, and I, I'm looking up his ownership as we're talking right now, but I, I can't be that high. Is uh, Jason Steele? Yeah, who I who has he's one point five percent selected. So I I brought him in on the on the game week twenty seven wild card uh, and instantly uh, rewarded. Instantly rewarded, exactly. And so. And then he, he didn't play in 28. So I, I just have this nice clean sheet to, to look back on and, uh, and and two bonus points as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's I guess those are kind of the big three. I'm mean, looking at the rest of my squad. It's I, I'd say it's pretty uh, I don't know. I don't want to say template. You know, I've got oh, Sven Botman's now been flagged. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, illness. OK, that's yeah. He's uh, yeah. he's got the Kai Havert sniffles. Uh, they uh, OK, you know, those okay. E- those middle European lads, they were uh, partying together out in uh, in one of the nightclubs. Of, uh, uh, I, I, I seriously will cry, though, if somebody like one of those fringe players just picks up one of those. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. You're like, oh, I was going to take a minus four, but now it's a minus eight because I want to bench boost. And just like, let's <laughs> let's send out good juju to all those managers who are just hoping their fringe players stay healthy enough to get off the flight yeah. and back onto the pitch. I'm not even 100 what what sure what I would do if that if that happened. I I think the the defenders are actually a pretty a pretty tricky spot right now for uh, for game eight twenty nine. It's uh, I suppose you could look at Brighton. The problem is a lot of us are already tripled up on Brighton, and so that's not necessarily. I couldn't go there without making two transfers. Uh, Chelsea, but well, I mean, what do you guys think about um, the uh, the the center back? I, I feel like he was was he just flagged um, the. Uh, of course, I'm forgetting his name now. Apologies, but Betty um, Shield, the French. Uh, no, uh, Fafana. Oh, Fafana. 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 Yeah, he got flagged. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It seems there's a lot. The Potter has brought a level of rotation that as a lover of Chelsea and also a lover of watching good FPL and good Premier League matches, it's hard to get comfortable with this team because you just never know yeah. what to expect an yeah. hour before kickoff. And I imagine that's something that really tortures Man City fans because they go into every match, you know, yeah. not knowing if it's going to be A, A, B, B. C plus whatever team is going to be lining yeah. up. So that's super frustrating. And yeah, I mean, I think- Chilwell, Chilwell is the man to own. I think that's mm-hmm. the only player yeah. he's on those left sided corner kicks. He gets into the box and you ride him while he's hot. I think he's a lot like uh Reese James in the sense that if he's okay. played a couple fixtures in a row, that's the only guy that you go after. I was actually considering him going into this game week, but then I was taking a look further at the fixtures and because of their advancement in the champions league, they're going to be in a spot where they're going to play in game week 31. They play Brighton. And then on each side of that Brighton fixture within six days, they're playing real Madrid twice. So they're going to have like three fixtures in, and that is going to be heavy rotation for Chelsea. So right now I have Kepa and Kai Havertz. I think Kai is going to be likely the player that I will move to Holland next week and leave enough money in the bank to do so because of that fixture run. And because they're going to want to put out the, obviously their best players for this, you know, hopefully they can get lucky. I mean, a few seasons ago, they won the champions league under Tuchel and it was something that none of our supporting fans really dreamed of. And so, you know, who knows, maybe catch lightning in a bottle, but uh, that would put me off of Chelsea assets, honestly. Yeah, you've scared me off for sure. Yeah, and I think I think two is enough. And I would say as we get deeper into the stretch run of the season, I think Keppa might even become a rotation risk. There's reports that Mendy is a player that might be on the outs. So they're going to need to rebuild his resale value. And so I expect he'll get some starts. And then there's this guy, Gabby Slonina, an American guy uh, who's 
he's chomping at the bits. And so I think there might be opportunity that maybe he gets a game in 36 or 37. So there's a lot of mouths to feed on that Chelsea team. And I think from an FPL perspective, that's, that's hard to stomach. Uh, and that's why Arsenal from an FPL perspective have been such mana from the gods because Arteta continues to roll out pretty much the same 11 when fit. And that's, it's so predictable. And it's, it's amazing to just know that you go into every weekend with, you know, putting those points in the bank. Yeah, I think that's it's it's been incredibly consistent all, all season long with Arsenal. It's been it's been great. Brighton too. Yeah, I mean, honestly. even even yeah. looking ahead to these fixtures where City are going to double in thirty four and thirty seven, it's like wow, that that is a future problem for us to deal with. But you you want at least two of their assets. But I don't think any of us could call what two assets we want right now. Obviously, Holland one, and then after that, there's just a huge unknown abyss Nobody, for us yeah. to hopefully have a, a beverage and contemplate, but those are again, future problems. But I think it is important for us just to highlight you know, over the international break, we learned about the rescheduled matches. A lot of the teams that blanked in game week 28 now will double in game week 34. So this includes Brighton, Fulham, Liverpool, City, United, and West Ham. And so especially looking at these fixtures that we have in front of us for game week 29, triple up on Brighton essential. Going for United players also is going to be a way to get in front of the curve. So bringing them in this week, they have three double game weeks for the rest of the season. They can help repay a potential hit. I think that's important. And then you're going to hopefully have Liverpool round into a bit more of form, but you're probably going to have two of these Liverpool players for the upcoming stretch here where they're going to have a couple doubles. So I think a lot of us will be curious to see where we go, um, you know, and who becomes the most popular assets that we can afford. Great shout. All right, let's wrap up. Let's go to community questions and then we'll get out of here with our plans for transfer moves and captaincy when we come back. Mailbag time. We have a special guest to answer these questions for you. And thank you again for your Twitter involvement, hitting us up with your questions. We're looking forward to having Josh also give his perspective because he's one who's chasing that top top 1K still on the table, potentially, Josh. You're at 12 and a half K, so top 1K, you know. Crazier things have happened, but uh, we're excited to have his insight as well. So first question is from FPL Black Wolf. He's also been a guest on the pod and one of the leaders of Hashtag FPL USA. So his macro question is, you know, what are your thoughts about FPL just growing in the United States? And is it yeah. something that could ever compete with the other fantasy games? NFL, probably not going to be a realistic target, but fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, these are huge in America. So how do you yeah. see the numbers continue to grow for those of us stateside? Oh, I, fantasy basketball. I think I feel like we're already kind of on on par with them. I, I fantasy baseball is a little trickier. It's the, the problem is fantasy baseball, baseball is played by people who are like all like over fifty, right? And so that, that's it's a, you know, so it's <laughs> yeah, a slightly they different use the audience. mail, the mail post. Yeah, exactly. The old mail and the, the rotisserie and the. I read a book about the history of fantasy baseball a few years ago. It's really basically started by a bunch of people who worked in publishing in the eighties. You know, just but anyway, it's a it's a fun. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think that the U.S. is 
I mean, you know, the, the 2026 World Cup, I think is going to be huge. And I think we're going to see more and more energy uh, around that and, and a, a kind of enthusiasm uh, for soccer. And I don't know, I, I just, I, I think like, it, just the way we started talking about Qatar, I mean, granted, we were talking about them for kind of the wrong reasons, but <laughs> I just think that the U.S., <laughs> as, as we approach, it's you know, it's only three years away now as we, as we approach, you know, especially because the, the, the Qatar one was in, it was in the winter. Right. And so we're, it, you know, it's, it's really going to come, come quick. These world, the world cup qualifiers, and we're going to start talking about it and start, start talking about stadium locations and all that stuff. It's going to be a larger one as well, right. With all these extra countries in it. So um, I think that's really going to help the game. And so looking at it through a long lens, like a five-year lens, um, I, I see continued growth. I worry a little bit to get really in the weeds here, but this is a macro question. So um, I, uh, I worry a little bit about what's happening with streaming and, you know, it's, a, it's like MLS going to Apple TV. And on the one hand, you can make an argument for it being good for MLS. On the other hand, it's like, it's kind of in its own little box now. Right. And you can just sort of ignore it if you don't have Apple TV. And uh, you know, I, the way NBC treats the premier league sometimes bugs me a little bit. It's a sort of, you know, the <laughs> not even a de dedicated sports channel anymore. Right. It's like, you just, Oh my goodness. Uh, we, think, we've uh, had yeah. long, long laments, long, <laughs> the list of yeah. complaints about the Peacock app are, uh, are extensive yeah. and filled with, uh, with profanities. The Peacock app, and then it's like also just like okay, like like it's just like it goes from like an episode of Suits or something to a Premier League match, and then it just goes back, <laughs> and then it just goes back to whatever you know, Monk reruns or whatever. You know, it's like it's just like it's a sort of no, no offense to USA, fine network, right? But you know, it's just sort of it doesn't feel like the the right home for it. It reminds me of when 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 Turner briefly had the Champions like a few years ago, and they kind of did the same thing where they would just sort of throw it in in between like Fast mm -hmm. and Furious movies, and just didn't feel relevant. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I used to work for uh, a company that was owned by CBS. So I was around the office when CBS did acquire the Champions League. And it's interesting to see what they have invested in terms of talent just around their Galazzo show, right? And when you watch Goal Rush on Peacock, which is huge for uh, those of us in the States where we're getting to view most of the goals in semi-real time, but it's just as a, as a concept, like Red Zone is huge in the U.S., yeah. There's no reason why that the Peacock streaming service shouldn't be able to do that better, right? And I yes. think that's a huge thing that you see. There's all this talent like Tierra Henry and all the other people involved with Champions League that they cut immediately into the goal when it happens. There are times when I'm watching this freaking Peacock bullshit <laughs> where know. it's like it just keeps on flashing for three I minutes. Know. There's a goal in in Villa Bournemouth and it just Terrible. keeps flashing. I'm like, yeah. we don't need to see this throw in, like cut to the actual action. So anyway, that's that's an aside that we've talked about on the a pot or on the pot a few times too. Yeah, uh, just the same a lot of though. room for improvement, but it's like, yeah, not you to hold mention, yourself. You... you hold yourself against your competitors. I'm like, this is it's they have the model. Like you just need to invest a little bit more money in some of your talent and then just cut to yep. the games earlier. It's not that hard. Yeah, not to mention, you know, we're just wrapping up March Madness here. That had about 20 million brackets overall. And we have about 12 million players of the FPL game. But you never see a March Madness bracket or fantasy game go back and let Michigan State win by, you know, wiping off 10 uh, to 15 points from the opposition. Whereas uh, FPL Towers, they have no problem uh, just writing their own rules and sticking to their own script. So I think uh, we we have high expectations. For if the we're going to start talking about, yeah, if we're going to start talking about the game itself, this is this is like a nine hour podcast because i have, yeah let's 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 skip yeah, that let's my, skip my that. thoughts Bucks are not is, printable in many cases uh, okay we'll, so we'll save that for the march uh, <laughs> uh, brian say that again sorry i was uh talking over you 
I know Bucks is just so salty still about March. He he's he figures he's 150,000 places uh, lower than his uh, captaincy blunder that Towers did not give him. But uh, yeah, I think the other thing too, just again, as we are like you know producing some content, and you guys are obviously leading that charge in the U.S. It's just like, can we get the Premier League and in the United States or like just in general to market FPL a little bit more. Like it, it's crazy to me. You watch sports center. It's all always brought to you by DraftKings or just the fantasy integration from an NFL perspective, which I'm again, I'm a huge fantasy lover of all games. So it, it is kind of interesting to me that you don't have like a ticker or anything that could really kind of, I think, especially on, on, the peacock um goal zone it's like can we just get a ticker of the fpl points like that would be just another small integration that helps promote the game a little bit more helps it grow in the u.s but uh there there are some things like that it just who's wor- working in these sponsorship departments i mean I, I i could go on but the room for improvement to say the least check mark that box Agreed. All right. That is a great question from Dan at FPL Black Wolf, uh, someone we all love here on the pod. And he's been really loyal to us and really great for us in the FPL USA community. So shout out to Dan. Let's go to a question from one of our OG original listeners uh, at The Run CMC, Corey Cummings. He's asking about Arsenal. Josh, no better player in the FPL game to answer this than you, who are a diehard Arsenal supporter. How many are you keeping? What's the plan? And are they the first ones out if you are planning to bench boost like Corey is? Uh, yeah, not necessarily. I, 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 I'm I, certainly planning to hold on to uh, Gabriel, the defender. Uh, if I had Martinelli, I know, Brian, you were you mentioned earlier that you were considering a Martinelli to solid move. I'm not sure. I think, you know, Martinelli at home to Leeds is a, a really strong fixture. And I, I think that it's, uh, I, I think, I think, I think all of the Arsenal players with the possible exception of Odegaard are worthy of being, um, are, you know, are, 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 worth, are worth holding on to. But I think Odegaard is enough of a kind of mixed bag fantasy asset that to turn him into a James Madison or, uh, I don't know, so you know, Bruno, if you could get there with the money, I think that I think that I don't know another Brighton midfielder if you didn't have three already. Like I, I think those would all be options I would very much consider on a bench boost. Yeah, I'm definitely in an interesting position after that 18 point haul from Saka as well. It's hard to just ax somebody like that of his caliber out of your squad, but short term, you know they do play Liverpool away in their next fixture in game week 30. So that's something where again, like I'm looking to move Zinchenko out of my team because I'm not really fussed about, you know, Leeds could maybe nab a goal. They could, you know, I see Arsenal up three zero in that maybe. And then, you know, they get a, uh, you know, goal from Patty B or something like that, but I don't really want to start them away to Liverpool who will be very much up for that game in 30. So it, it could be a possible time. And I think Bucks and I are both on free hit 32, so we can pick the three Arsenal assets that we want. Yeah. And so that also helps the fade uh, part of our game. So, it will be interesting to uh, to figure out there. So I guess next question for you, you know, who are the players that you fear this game that you may or may not have? I think that's something that we're always trying to take that gamble where we might sweat it out. Bucks and I are both off of Holland this week, so we'll be behind the couch watching that Liverpool match, which could be a 3-3. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen, but typically there are goals as though to, those two teams go head-to-head and uh, compete for the, the cojones so, uh, you know, who are some players that you're going to be uh, sweating out this game week? 
Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's Saka. He's the one. It's funny that's a single game week player, but I, I feel like I'm Saka maybe Kane a little bit now, too. It's, it, I, I feel like, you know, I really set my team up to to maximize the doubles. And now it's these these singlers, the the, the singlies that I'm that I'm maybe the most worried about. And Kane, I wouldn't have been so worried about, but but I just think sacking Conte is makes him a wild card now. And um I don't want any wild cards. I want to control, I want to control uh, my, like the range of outcomes. And uh, so anyway, so I, I would say that, that, you know, Kane and soccer, are the two that I'm, I'm most kind of sweating. I'll be, be very happy when, when their fixtures are done for this, this game week. All right, moving to our break and we'll be right back to talk about our transfer plans and captaincy shouts. We'll be right back. All right, all right, we are back. Let's tell the listeners our transfer plans and our captaincy selection. Let's cede the floor to you, Josh. You don't have to give all your secrets away, but uh, tell the listeners what your your tinker moves are. Yeah, I think I've been pretty pretty open already. I, my, my plan right now is to hopefully not make any transfers. That would be the the ideal situation. If I have to waste one on Sven Botman, I'm going to be uh, kicking myself. But uh, these these things happen. I I, I I knew there'd be at least one international break injury, and so that's the one that I that I'm dealing with. And so uh, otherwise, uh, I'm gonna the plan right now is to captain Rashford, um, and I I will consider if Rashford's unhealthy, Bruno or Matoma. Those are the three that I'm strongly considering. All great shouts. I think again, we're excited for the variants that will be in the captaincy decisions across the FPL. Community and especially our mini leagues as we're kind of coming up to the time where these races become much more tight. So Bucks, let's jump over to you. You used one of your free transfers last week, so I think you are just sitting with one. Yeah, and I took a hit last week, probably leaning to maybe take another hit this game week. Right now I'm eyeing taking the Arsenal guys out of my team, so Gabriel is most likely to become Shaw. And then I'm thinking about getting a little wacky and tripling up on the Brighton midfielders by going Saka to McAllister. And my captaincy right now is, right now it's on March. I can't get enough of this guy. So uh, he's he's got the armband <laughs> for the moment with Rashford as a vice captain. But I think, like you said, Rashford, great option. I also have Madison. Madison is, is kind of tugging at my jersey right now saying, look at me, look at me. He's been getting and creating tons of chances. His teammates have really been letting him down. And I think we saw how good he could be on that England team when he was uh, really the creative engine in midfield, uh, producing the pass before the pass for both Saka and Kane's goals. Yeah, he's somebody that really thrives in these purple patches. So he was coming off of some just good vibes performance uh, for his first, I believe one of his first starts actually for the three lines. So he's a player that I will be sweating out uh, this game week. So for me, I'm sitting again with uh, two free transfers, 7 million in the bank. So world is my oyster, which is not necessarily a good thing, uh, especially as I get into the sauce late Friday night to cap off another work week. So at the moment, um, just running through my team quick, I'm looking at probably moving Martinelli on. I think I can get either Bruno or Sala in. And so at this point in time, I'm just trying to to figure out between those two. I was put off Madison because they only have this double, whereas the likes of Salah can have two doubles and then Bruno will have three doubles. So love that you are already on Fernandez, Josh, because that's a huge you know moment to be in front of the curve. So 
I, I'm just really trying to weigh up which of those players I bring in. I'm going to have 13 or 14 doublers, I think, for my bench boost. So uh, in a good spot. And I just want to make sure I leave enough money in the bank for Holland. So right now I'm actually leaning towards this crazy aggressive move where I fade all of Arsenal. And I will basically go Martinelli, Saka, and Kane to Bruno, Sala, and Isak for a minus four. Bench boost with 14 doublers plus Sinchenko. Again, I'm sitting at 310K or something like that. So it's really kind of been a somewhat lost season. And so, you know, just going for it and having fun and getting all these doublers is the route that I'm taking. I'm actually wearing my Make Fantasy Fun, again, oh, T-shirt, sweet. Patreon supporter from color. Uh, for, for Josh for uh, five years. 2018, I was actually looking at my, uh, my highlights. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to make it fun. I'm excited for the matches to be back. And... That's uh, that's where I'm at at the moment. So just have have to leave enough money to get in Holland for next week. I like those moves. Isak is underrated too. I think that's a fun it's a fun idea. We have the the fixtures ahead of us, right? So like fading Watkins and bringing somebody like Isak who's going to have another double, whereas you know Watkins won't have any more doubles. These are some things that we can do now, especially for those who already wild carded. So that's kind of the spot I'm sitting in and want to get those doubles hopefully maximized. But we'll be definitely you know, fading all of Arsenal, the best team in the league, the Premier League leaders, it's going to be very much uh, something that'll go sour quite quickly. But hey, that's what the the booze is for when that happens. And hopefully uh, we'll be celebrating instead. But Bucks, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah. So thank you to Josh for joining. Josh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find your amazing content and the Always Cheating podcast? Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on guys. I really appreciate it. And you guys have been so nice uh, to me. Uh, very, it's, I'm very, very <laughs> flattered. It's been a nice ego boost for you guys having me on. So thank you for, thank you for that. Uh, but, but yeah, Bucks, uh, is, Bucks is a suck up. He's got three women in the house. He's always playing nice. Well, no, you know t- what? Us dads, yeah. us dads, when <laughs> we survive bedtime, you know, that's it's true. all Boom. gravy from there. It's like you, you sure. went through the, the, the crucible of your day. Yeah, so now exactly. I'm just happy. As long as you didn't actually fall asleep during it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you can uh, go to alwaystreeting.com. You can find us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Uh, we're on podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. We're starting to do more YouTube stuff. Uh, and then, uh, like Brian, if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, I don't want to do a big shout here, but you can go to patreon.com slash alwaystreeting and do that. Love that. Amazing. Andy. Thank you again for joining us. You can find our humble podcast on all podcasting platforms. We're the at FPL Blues podcast. We're trying to lean a lot more into the FPL USA base and really double down on the creators and the legends in that community. And you can find us on social media at FPL Blues podcast from Bucks, from Brian and from Josh. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And let's get some green arrows in double game week 29. Let's get boosted. Green arrows to come. Good luck, everyone.